The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds, discover your geeky haven with toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another episode. Issue. Sometimes I think you do that on purpose. No. No, I don't. I really don't. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Duo this week. Eric Where's and myself, it's, Mike. It's, yeah, it's just two-thirds of the Intrepid Trio. And as Meatloaf would have told you, were he's still around today, God rest his soul. Two, two out, out of three. three ain't ain't yeah. <laughs> um, Island. all I know is he left a note on the fridge going out somewhere. Can't tell you. Bye. Like, what? I thought he was just going out for smokes, but. He doesn't, he doesn't smoke. smoke, so that kind of blows that theory. Well, then when you said smokes, I figured he was going out for barbecue, smoked barbecue. Oh, let me, let me tell you something. I got uh, the latest Disney official cookbook, and it's got the Flame Tree Barbecue Dry Rub. Oh. Oh, yes. Okay. I know it's been a couple of years, but when we had the, the Galaxy's Edge cookbook i see yeah. all you guys uh some spices for for christmas what did you think of like nerf herd or the uh smuggler spice i thought it was good i need to make some more i need a bigger bottle to, to put them in because the <laughs> i make it's like it's like the toink ad you're gonna need a bigger boat or in yeah. this case you're gonna need yeah. a bigger jar yeah but, oh i was using that on a lot of stuff because the smugglers have a nice smoke to it uh-huh and then uh zoe's stardust uh-huh spice uh was which is really good for like chicken mm-hmm. and she used it on eggs a little bit uh, well which she put it on first the chicken or the egg 
Yes. <laughs> um, but I would mix it with the smugglers and, but the, the nurse steak, which I, or the, yeah, the nurse steak spice, mm-hmm. which I don't remember if I sent you guys that one as well. Uh, but y'all honestly, had the recipe. Yeah. You had the recipe for it. Um, yeah. Which I have fun doing those recipe cards. Like, okay, don't print them out. I take a lighter, burn the edges. <laughs> which look, I thought they all came looking great. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I use, I'll use it with like pork roast, slow cook. Yeah. I'll also throw that in my chili. Right. Or when I had the, the smugglers, I threw that in my chili. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fell in love. Um, but anyway. But we have already. Tangented off the subject. I think this is a first for. I, th- I think this is a personal record. The and, you know, the earliest we have derailed a show. And, and Kylan's not here to enjoy it. I know it. Shame on him. And on top of that, Kylan, all your fault. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm drinking tea out of my Drax geeky tea. Well, there you go. Last night I had tea out of my Chewbacca geek. And, and speaking of geeky tiki's, they have come out with a chrysanthemum geeky tea. Ooh. And a Rex, as in DJ Rex. J7 needs one of those. Just saying. It's uh, the the Geeky Tiki. It's the the cream. Mm-hmm. Almost the off-white like this. Maybe a little darker ivory or bone, uh-huh. bone look. Uh-huh. Uh, with the green. So it was like the one from Book of Boba Fett that was in the casino. Yeah. Yeah, the casino, the car dealer. Yeah, but now I may change. If I could find an RX-3 droid on eBay, find a couple. Because I need an original to go with my collection of Star Wars figures. And then I want another one that I'm going to modify. Well, there was a later one that came out that was red. That was part of the box set. I don't want the red. I want the original gray. I'm thinking about changing the blue to a dark green. Okay. That way it kind of almost goes with the the mug. Because I will get the mug. And that mug... You, the, lid, the top part is a lid to the bottom part, which is your, well, I'm going to change that to a pencil cup or a little desk Chosky cup. Gotcha. So, yeah, um, that's where I'm going. With that. <laughs> uh, the, speaking of which, check out our homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Support our affiliates like Diddy Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase at Diddy Boomers. And, and I'm just taking a quick look to see if there's been anything new added marvel wise um since the last time we pitched this there has not it's okay there are a lot of great options now for those little small bitty boomers you got black panther captain america captain america venom carnage loki iron man hulk groot miles morales she hulk spider-man spider-man no way home where his outfits turned inside out where you see the black with the gold which i think he did that for if i remember right was for uh insulation against electro might have been yeah uh thanos and venom thor sold out <laughs> and actually I got, glad i got mine and actually the spider-man no way home version is sold out as well apparently it was an amazon exclusive but also you got it you were able to get it through uh video. yeah Groot, Groot's one i would i would i want i want cap venom and i almost want carnage and venom because of spider-man and if i do that then i also want to get spider uh miles morales but if he ever if, if they ever do spider gwen i know someone who's getting spider yeah i think i know somebody who's getting spider gwen too they did winnie the pooh yeah and melissa uses it at work all the time there you go so she is a big winnie the pooh fan then right is. oh did, did i tell you what I ask you made a droid for her. 
Past Connection had the Astromech Advent calendars available at reduced price for cast members because holiday stuff's over. Yeah. Normally the calendar was 70 bucks. I picked it up for a lot less. And when I got mine for the holidays, still didn't pay full price because of my, my discount. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I've made all the droids from it. I'm like, ooh, this would be so cool. I, I can see parts of this. Because um, right now, Zoe's droid that when when we put all our droids out for the holidays, be it Halloween or Christmas, Zoe uses Ahsoka's droid for hers. Uh, I've been using R2 for mine at the moment. Um, and I was like, I want to get one that symbolizes Melissa. And then when these parts came out, I'm like, is my advent calendar, it was 25 days. Well, mine was for 25. Hey, it's time to, it's, it's another minute. It's time to open a new part. Because <laughs> I want, I just wanted to build them. Um, so there was one, it had, um, had originally a gold, like a, a gold body with red accents. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an R4 unit. So it's like the big giant tra- upside down trash can. Or, yeah. or giant lampshade. Uh, the arms had like silver around the shoulders, but it was a red leg with yellow feet and then a, a yellow third leg. Well, then I went to my stuff. I'm like, you know, I, I do like this droid. It was one of the Galaxy Edge droids that you got at Target that came with a spare head. I'm like, and I had an R5 head on. I'm like, I'm going to change the parts up. I, I want the body because it was a red body, red body, white accents. Yeah. So I have made, I think it looked pretty good, almost like a poo. Yeah. It, this is R4P00H, who for short. So it I'm lit. glad you added H because I didn't re- I didn't catch the reference when I first saw the picture. So it lives on my computer de- on my monitor stand. Uh, but when the holidays come out and all the holiday droids come out, who will get relocated over with the droids for the display? And then when done, come back over here. Now I had, I do have an old star tours figure, uh, or some of the old star tours droids. And I had some extras. I had an R5 unit. It's the one where it's been blasted. Mm-hmm. Had been a red scheme, but I changed it to black. Actually, I think it looks pretty good how it turned out. And I went back and added some more black detailing, like on the back. Yeah. And, and I and I still, and I love the blasted look for it. Well, it sits on my mix cast. Mm. And I have named it R5 MC4. Mm. MC for mix cast. Okay. Four because the model is the, the mix cast four. So it's yeah. R5 M, MC4. Okay. Plus, it's also my first initial, second initial. Yeah. And Melissa's first initial and her maiden in the first letter of her maiden name. God, this is beginning to sound like Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> you just pick him up by the ears. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that one, I mean, I could use it to represent me, but uh, that one lives on the mix cast because it's got to keep mix casts in order and in check. So I will find a droid and the right droid and I will I will paint it up for for me. Okay. I, I I I will come up now. Do we need shield droids? No, I thought about that. Question is, which way do we go? Do we go black and silver, or do we do the blue and white, the dark blue and white? I, I like the dark blue and white better, but that's just me. But anyway, that's uh that that's a uh, rabbit hole for another time. I think. Yes, it is. I'm glad. <laughs> now you're going to put me down that rabbit hole. To, to look for <laughs> look for those down the road. That could be fun. Do a, a Star Wars Intrepid Trio out of droids. Yeah. Figure out who's who. All the same body, but different domes. Neither. None of us really has that much hair, Mike. I know. I think I'm the shaggiest of the bunch. At the moment. Yeah. At the moment. But no, I, I would love to do a different dome. That way, each one, each dome's like a, you can tell who's who. Yeah. But uh, so anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> so pity boomers use code we be geeks for 15 percent off um i'm gonna plug them because they're they're great even though they don't have anything marvel yet um i'm supporting them and i'm gonna plug them because it's small company the owner is an officer in mil in the air force oh his office sits at like thirty thousand feet mm. and, and goes at least mach one i'll just say that um okay but he has a cool website called Red Flag Workshop. Use code Smuggler three for thirty percent or for fifteen. Oh, Smuggler three for twenty five percent off your purchase. And they have some sci fi keychains, key rings, removable before flight key rings. Uh, there's a Star Trek and then some Star Wars ones. Which hey, Star Wars, Marvel. Yeah, there you go. There's the connection there. The and and they've got some Star Wars National Park and National Park Ranger patches as well that are awesome um then to check out uh heroes and villains use code weeby geeks for 10 percent off your purchase at heroes and villains and at toink.com use code win geeks 15 for 15 percent off your purchase and you too could get something like our pick of the week which is um well you know like the song says if you like it put a ring on it well i'm not quite there yet but if you really want to put a ring on it for a Marvel fan, you can, too, get the Stan Lee Excelsior Replica Ring Limited Edition Box. Uh, you can celebrate the memory of Stan the Man Lee with this beautiful addition to your personal Marvel collection. This real metal ring is sturdy and well-designed, certain to last years without any degradation. Uh, this is, however, just a display. I mean, it may look like a fashion item, but it's best used as a display piece. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it, it's like a, a chrome silver finish. It looks like a really thick wedding band or maybe the one ring. Right. And it just has Excelsior engraved across it. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, some sad news. Silver Age Comics artist Joe Gila has passed away at the age of four. The age of what? 94. Dude, it, it is sad, but if anybody makes it past 90, I I, I say that's a good run. Mm -hmm. uh, he grew up in New York, uh, born in 1928, uh, and studied alongside fellow comic pros like Joe Kerbert and Mike Sikowski at Manhattan's Art Students League. Uh, afterwards, served as a freelance anchor on Fawcett Comics' early Captain Marvel stories. So that would be the Shazam stories, correct? Yes. Because at this stage yes. in the game, we've got two different Captain Marvels. Yes, at that stage of the game, that, that Fawcett the Fawcett Comics version of Captain Marvel is Shazam. Uh, he began to freelance at and later joined the staff of Marvel's precursor, Timely Comics, working on books involving Captain America, Human Torch, and Namor the Submariner. Uh, he would later continue on doing stuff over... Um, That's he, a distinguished competition. Back in the 40s, he switched over back when they were the National Periodical Publications. Um, and I believe that's potentially where he... No, then he... Uh, so I think he ended his career over there. But he, he was one of the foundations to Marvel with under the time, Timely Comics brand. So still a legend. A legend. I mean, he was like... He did a 2019 interview uh, and he said, you know, 72 years in the business... 72 years, not just alive, right? but working in the business. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I feel that I, I almost feel I, I kind of know where he's at and I'm only a third of the way there because I'm 25 years at Disney, mm-hmm. but I'm 37 years in the entertainment industry. So you're a little over halfway there. I'm a little over halfway there. Yeah. But still, <laughs> um, you know, for me, my my career has been in the entertainment industry, even though I you know some of my other jobs I had. I, I did have some odd jobs in be, you know in between things in the industry, but a lot of my work came before I got into the industry when I was a kid. You know, high school jobs. Yeah, but my most of my paying jobs as an adult have been in the industry. I've been in the industry thirty seven years, almost it'll be thirty seven years in May. Good job. So yeah, twenty twenty six will be forty years that I've been in the mm. industry. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so our condolences to, to the Gila family, um, and, and to those who worked with them, it is hard to lose a legend like that it, it is. at 94, you know, he, he, I hope he led the most amazing life. And if, if he was on radar a little sooner, I would love to have reached out to him about doing a, an interview with him, maybe on a Sunday where we do a special recording on a Sunday. That would have been good. But now I want to reach find out who, who else is potentially still around from the timely comics into Marvel comics era stories. I would love to get. Yeah. And that's, that's part of what we are here at mighty Marvel geeks. Yeah. Um, like case in point, when I first, when I first got into the comic book industry after graduating college, uh, the first show, the first comics con that I got to work was in Detroit. And I got to share a booth for the whole weekend with Rich Buckler Sr. Oh, sweet. And this was not long after Jack Kirby passed away. Oh. So I, we shared a cab ride to, uh, to the airport, and he was telling me some of his Jack Kirby stories. And it's kind of like, oh, and, and I wish I could remember the stories now. But they were just I remembered them. Being very, I think the whole time I was just an awestruck fanboy. It was at that moment Eric realized the next from every convention he went to from then on he carried a, a mini tape recorder. <laughs> I should have. I know for me now we're in those positions. It'd be uh, hold on a second, let me hit record. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd be yeah, recording on the phone because that that's even if they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Now, and I don't play them anywhere. I have them for my own posterity. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, th- granted, this was 1994. Yeah. Almost 30 years ago. And, you know, you didn't have phones that recorded. No. You know, the best, the best that you had were these little micro cassettes. Mm-hmm. A handheld thing that looked like Waltman. Mm-hmm. That's about as close as you had. Yeah. Well, I know he had passed away um, last year, and it devastated us all. But Marvel Comics is honoring George Perez's legacy with new variant covers featuring his iconic artwork. And these are going to be kicking off in June. And uh, for those who don't know, during George's time at Marvel Comics, he worked on Avengers, Fantastic Four, uh, was involved with Secret Wars, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, But one of the biggest things he worked on was Infinity Gauntlet, which led to Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So some of the cinematic looks were inspired by George's looks that he did art-wise. 
Um, but working with his estate, uh, Marvel Comics has collected some rare drawings from George's archives. These pieces will be beautifully restored and colored and showcased on the covers of selected Marvel releases. These covers will spotlight George's legendary depictions of Marvel's greatest heroes, giving fans an opportunity to reflect on the groundbreaking work in the genre. Uh, according to Tom Brevoort, we've had on the show. Ah, friend of the show, Tom Brevoort. Uh, VP executive editor. Uh, he said, George Perez may no longer be with us, but his work is immortal. And so it's a delight to be able to share these seldom seen pieces by George done throughout his career with all the legions of fans. George loved his fans. He loved meeting them and loved drawing for them. Zoe has a drawing from him with Wonder Woman and Captain America. They're just headshots. I think I may have something he did uh, tucked away somewhere. I got to meet George uh, in the mid nineties. This was at a, it was, it wasn't a comic book convention. It was like a general sci-fi convention. Mm-hmm. Um, got to have dinner with him and the, uh, the gentleman who designed the enterprise E. Okay. So, you know, didn't have dinner. It was one of those two guys that taught me, the the joys of putting hot sauce on scrambled eggs right okay i i can't remember which one it was but it was it was that night for me uh the year we started we be geeks in 2012 first megacon i went to in 2013 even though i lived in orlando for so long it you know since 96 2013 was the first megacon i ever went to um uh, we were the only interview he granted from the show sweet and he was our first convention interview we had ever done and that meant a lot to me because i grew up with him with new teen titans was the yes thing that drew me i knew of his work on the other stuff because even though he didn't create it's his interpretation of impossible man that was amazing yeah and that's a Marvel Legends figure I want. I want to see Hasbro doing an Impossible Man figure. And I would love to see some of the proceeds go to the George Perez Trust as well. But I think that's one of the reasons why I like the uh, the Thing retro figure. Because it looks like it's George's Thing, mm-hmm. that retro figure. But uh, so Constance as a... The George Perez Trust Fund has, you know, has said George loves his fans, loved meeting them, loved drawing for them. His joy was evident by every smile, hug, and stroke of his pen. Uh, we are beyond thrilled and grateful that Marvel has conceived this cover program to showcase some of his commissioned works, be enjoyed by fans all uh, by fans the world over. We miss him terribly, but his art is part of a legacy that will continue to resonate for years to come. We hope you enjoy these never-before-published covers. So the covers are, and these are going to be on my list. Fantastic Four number eight. Uh, there will be a variant cover and a Virgin variant cover. Uh, I'm not sure what they mean by Virgin variant or Virgin covers. Uh, maybe something that has never been seen before. Okay. Uh, that's going to be on sale June 7th. And then on June 21st, Avengers number two variant and Virgin variant. Uh, Scarlet Witch annual number one variant and Virgin variant. And Incredible Hulk number one variant and Virgin variant. That's eight covers or eight books I want to get just so I could do a collage of those in a frame. Okay. All right. Um, on the, I'm, I'm doing a, a quick internet search to see if I'm right. Uh, let's see. The Virgin variant 
what makes the Virgin Edition unique is that it focuses solely on the artwork without any additional lettering, barcodes, etc. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, these are prized in collecting circles not only for the presentation, but because the print runs are among the lowest of all the variants for a particular issue. So there you go. Uh, there will also be a TBA number one to be announced book. And it looks like it has Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel on it as well. I th- I'm thinking if there's going to be, if this is going to be the same covers, just one without the branding it, that, and one with the branding. That might very well be it. I'm going to want the ones without the branding. Yes. To do in the frame. There's going to be five covers. And you can see the covers being chose on Marvel.com. Yeah, and I think out of the ones that I am seeing on this on the website, I think the one with the Captain Marvels, I think would be probably the one that I would want to get most of all. Yeah, I, I want the Fantastic Four with Imp. Yes, I mean, I, that would be the second one. That I would get. If I did this, I would put Imp in the middle because all the others are are predominantly white cover, except for that cover. That cover is a a yellow cover. Yeah. And I think it just helped pop and and help make the piece stand out more. And for those of you who can't see what we're looking at, which should be most of you anyway, uh, the Impossible Man cover is is headshots of the Fantastic Four. Looking not too happy to see the Impossible Man in the center, full body, sickening, cross-legged, reading an Impossible Man comic book. Right. I read those two. And, and you know, I mean, I'm looking at these headshots, and all I can see is my old book, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Mm-hmm. By John Lee and by uh, Stan Lee and John Buscema. I have a copy of that book. It, it just has that classic mm-hmm. Marvel look to it. Yep. And it's so cool. Impossible Man was not a character created by George, mm-hmm. but it was probably one of the most fun characters I had ever seen him do. And it, and oh, absolutely. And it's one of those lesser knowns that Marvel characters that need, need. I will laugh if in the world of the Fantastic Four MCU movies, we get Impossible Man. You know what, what would be even better than an actual Impossible Man cameo? Remember... What's the one thing that stays constant no matter what form he takes? His color. Yeah. So if he, there was, there's one where he turned into a top hat to, to go out with Ben Grimm one evening. It was a green top hat with a purple band. Yeah. It would actually, it, it would be like a more subtle cameo. But if, in most, you know, just every so often in a scene, there would be something that is re- green and purple. Mm-hmm. Well, the other option, it, if we do get season two of She-Hulk, uh-huh. wouldn't it be so fun for him to appear there too? You know, that would probably, you know, that would probably be the most appropriate place for him, mm-hmm. just because he's that type of character that would show up there. Yeah, I think so. But since they got Mr. Immortal, they may not get Impossible Man. I don't see why not. Well, I don't see why not, especially now that the multiverse has been all screwed up. Yeah. And, and everything else. But w- so we either can thank Loki or we can thank Steve Rogers for that. Yeah. Um, no, we're going to do some gaming talk real quick. Marvel okay. Snap. All right. Uh, they have released in the last couple weeks 
few new things like uh master mold is a character you can earn in the game and what's his ability well he's a two cost two power card uh on reveal adds two sentinels to an opponent's hand um master the master mold sentinels are regular two cost three power cards with an on a reveal ability that adds a new sentinel to the player's hand when put down as such the strategy with master mold is to flood an opponent's hands with cards so they can't draw properly. Mm. So, so if you get the one uh, one location where I think it's Stark Industries, where it'll clone your card that you place there. Yeah. Um, so you put down Master Mold. All of a sudden, you get three more Master Molds. You're now throwing six Master Mold Sentinels into your opponent's hand. That can mess him up. <laughs> Um, there, there are other great cards to synergize, synergize master mold. For example, absorbing man, uh, is a four cost three power card and on reveal, uh, his on reveal ability is his player's previous is that of his previous player's card. So in the case of master mold, they would end up with four sentinels in their hand, Okay, which is more than half of the seven hand card limit. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty cool that, you know, they're, they're taking deep dives with various characters uh, from the Marvel universe for snap. And then they have also added, um, a bar with no name as a location, one to three location spots that can be that you play your cards at, um, with the bar with no name, uh, what does it do? Whoever has the least power here wins so the goal is don't play anything or play a card that does negative power which is the opposite of what you normally try and do with the locations the locations are typically higher power wins yeah so here the low at least power wins so in the the bar with no name um comes from oh, which comics does it come from uh captain america 1968 uh, yeah number 18 yeah yeah no, I think I'm going to change my MU pick to that this week. Okay. That sounds good because, I mean, you think about it, the bar with no name is is a great place. It is – see, this right here is what needs to show up if we get a She-Hulk season two. Yeah. What about since we're going with um, oh, Carter? Peggy Carter? No, Shannon Carter. Sharon Carter. Shannon Oh, power broker. Power broker. And we've we've gotten the country she was at or the city she was at. Madripoor. Madripoor. Well, you, you have the princess bar you have the princess bar there. Right. I'll said Princess Bride. No, that's something else entirely. But what if with the new Captain America movie we potentially get was, a bar with no name? I was just thinking that. I mean okay, that uh, would sorry. also I'll, I'll get out of your head now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's getting crowded in there. But Considering is how the bar with no name first showed up in a Captain America comic, why not? And it doesn't have to be with Steve Rogers. Does but, not. But it would be great for it to debut in a Captain America movie. Yeah. And why not do it in a modern tribute back to the original with the uh, Sam Wilson cap? Yeah. I mean, it's a. It, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Beyond the snap implications. Now, the bar with no name is basically a peaceful place for villains to hang out and drink and socialize. There is a strict policy against fighting. So basically, this is kind of like Rick's Cafe in Casablanca, only no Nazis. Hydra, maybe, but it is a place where super villains hang out. Hail Hydra. See, there you go. 
And if this was ever to show up in an MCU setting, think of all the cameos you could have here. Uh-huh. Yeah, so many cameos. I mean, it, it's almost like the Abomination's little retreat, but more fun. It, it's the one time you could we could actually bring Stiltman into the MCU from when they did the morning of Stiltman. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's so much that could be done in bringing this R in. Yeah. Um, especially if we if we did it with the new Captain America movie, and then the next thing is tie it in with the Thunderbolts. Oh, dude. That I think was, you just... Sorry, didn't think mean to. About what are the Thunderbolts? In many ways, villains at this stage in the game. Yeah, or former villains. They're anti-heroes. Be, yeah, pretty much at this point. But... You think about it, this would be a great place for for this kind of scene mm-hmm. where they all come together. I mean, it's almost like the classic D and D adventure. You meet in a tavern. Yep. But I I I still feel Bar with No Name needs to come in the if they're going to do it, it needs to come in Captain next Captain America movie first. Yeah, I could see that. Just so but you're you you're doing that you Easter egg to, and tribute back to the original. Yeah, Cap. but you have that. You kind of have that in with Bucky there. Yeah. I mean, it's not it. It's a weaker link, but. Yeah. But I I, I still want to see I I, I was even if they don't put it in the next Captain America movie, I I think it would still be a great thing to see in uh, in Thunderbolts because it would fit Thunderbolts to a T. It would definitely fit Thunderbolts. So um, getting back to collectibles real quick. Apparently, Marvel Legends. Spider-Man 2, Miles Morales. Uh, it's based on the Spider-Man 2 video game. And All the right. figure is designed uh, wearing his spider suit and comes with game-inspired accessories and interchangeable hands. So he's got, like, the electrical pulse hands and yeah. the normal hands. Yeah. It's not a bad-looking figure. No, it's not. And uh, it says it'll be available to pre-order starting at 1 p.m. Eastern on March 23rd. We are recording on March twenty third. So by the time you hear this, it's available for pre order. Pre order. Right now, the the only Spider Man Marvel Legends figure I want is the Toei, yeah, Toei Spider Man figure that they did in honor of the Japanese Spider Man. Now, if they ever did Nicholas Hammond's Spider Man as well, I'd grab Absolutely. that as well. Absolutely. No, I gotta see if any of the cast or if the the original Toei Spider Man if if he's still alive. I would not know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to research that. That could be a fun interview as well. If we got deal, and if if we got end up getting a translator to sit in, <laughs> it'd be so worth it because I I've actually been watching the the Toei Spider Man and I I love the series. It was such a cool cool twist to Spider Man. Um, speaking of twists or swerves, Deadpool three reportedly will involve a battle against the TVA and Owen Wilson. Huh. So Marvel Studios and Ryan Reynolds, potentially new owner, one of the new owners of the Ottawa Senators, which I would love if that happens. Because I'll have to send you a picture of the Deadpool Senators logo that someone did when that rumor was going around that he wanted to buy the team. I would get that jersey in a heartbeat. I really would. Um, They're working hard to bring Deadpool into the MCU, and he's coming alongside Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Um, r- rumor speculation is Cable goes back in time and saves Wolverine before he dies in 2029, thus creating an issue with the time with the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. I could see that. And then when they do, Agent Morbius 
Agent Mobius and Miss Minutes from Loki will appear in the third film to combat the Mark with a mouth. If this is part of the theory. This would be pretty cool. I can see that theory happening. Yeah, it, it would be cool. It'd be fun. Um, Marvel Disney Plus shows could be delayed until 2024. I want to say we've already ahead of sizable layoffs from Disney later this month and a shakeup at Marvel Studios, uh, especially with Marvel executive Victoria Alonso leaving the company, whether she was. Yeah, you may have heard of that this week because that broke. And yeah, one rumor says she left. Another rumor is now saying she was fired by Disney Studios co-chairman Alan Bergman. Um, it's hard to say, uh, but no yeah, matter what. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I I don't think that uh, anybody is saying she left on her own now. I think this the, the general consensus is that she was let go. Right. Uh, no matter what gets delayed, report the report suggests it won't affect Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is nearly picture locked and set for release this year. Uh, the article says next year. Someone didn't double check. Uh, but wow. the five shows previously set for release in 2023 are Secret Invasion, Loki Season 2, Ironheart, Echo, and Agatha Coven of Chaos. And, of course, What If Season 2 and X-Men 97. Even though neither of those two received official release windows from Marvel Studios, now that Marvel Studios is handling anything that yeah. goes on screen, big or small. Marvel Entertainment... What? Just does publications at this at this stage in the game. Yeah, and I think we touched on this last week or week before last. I just we agreed that the the rate at which Marvel was cranking out content, quote unquote content, because I, I I hate that word almost as much as Kevin Feige does. It, the the rate was just not sustainable. Right, and so and this kind of ties back into the whole Alonzo thing. It, trying to trying to phrase myself a little bit uh, diplomatically here. Um, quality, especially in Phase Four, and now into Phase Five, was kind of hit and miss. Right. I mean, we've we've said on here that Phase Four seemed kind of directionless. I mean, it, it really felt like Marvel Studios had all this stuff planned up to the point where in-game credits roll. Yeah, well, it, it's almost like phase one, two, and three were the really nice couple glasses of wine or a couple glasses of whatever your favorite alcohol is. Phase four was that glass of water to help cleanse the palate. I don't know that I would, if, if it was Florida water, maybe. I mean, now, I, I am not going to be, I don't want to be one of these people that is perceived as just taking giant dumps on the MCU, because in some circles, that's trendy to do nowadays. Uh, we will give Marvel tough love where we think it's warranted. And there were some good things that came out of Phase 4. I think we'll all, I think you and Kylan will agree, you know, Moon Knight was a strong point. Uh-huh. By Knight was a strong point. Oh, well, that was a great point. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, I mean, it has some, but it also had some missteps. Most notably being Thor Love and Thunder and Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. 
Ant-Man and Wasp, though, is Phase 5. I, did I not say Phase 5 with this? I'm you sorry. Know. I meant to. I, my point is, there are more misses coming up right now than there have been. Right. And... See, Thor and Love and Thunder still Phase 4. Okay. Quantumania is the beginning of Phase 5. Okay. I'm, loop, I'm lumping it in with Phase 4 right now. Which it very well could have been. <laughs> it it, 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 it could have been. It's kind of a hangover from some of the phase four. Yeah. You have you have movies that absolutely fizzled after the first weekend. People can say, oh, well, look, Quantumania made all this money. I said, yeah, but it made most of it first week. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, movies do typically fall off a little bit after opening weekend, not to the point where Quantumania did, not to the point where Love and Thunder did. Yeah. That that will worry that will worry movie studios. Yeah. And you know, we've we've heard the rumors, I'm sure y'all have too, of you know, swirling around Victoria Alonso, uh, you know, that she was the the primary reason that the uh there was a toxic workplace, that uh there was a blacklist that that existed. There has of course been some pushback, which you know, any any kind of office politics situation, you're going to have some people, you know, criticizing her and you're going to have some people defending her. But the the criticism has been louder and coming from more people than I have seen. And, you know, at some point, you just got to say there needs to be a shakeup. Yeah. You see these shakeups, but you see them a lot in sports like professional sports, like baseball and football and basketball, where you know you got to get rid of an offense, you've got to get rid of a coordinator, or get rid of an assistant coach because things have stagnated. You're not it's the team's not getting the job done anymore. Right. And let's be honest, you're not going to get rid of Kevin Feige. Uh-uh. It's like he is the modern day Stan Lee on this. And that, of course, has led to some people saying, oh, well, this is all misogyny. I think that's complete and utter. It's what comes out of the south end of a northbound horse. But there were, I think we can, I think anybody looking at this objectively would see there have been some problems at Marvel. Yeah. And I don't know Victoria Alonso. I don't know if she's truly toxic or if she's not. And we likely will never know the full story of what went down. But, you know, this is the shakeup. This yeah. is the shakeup that has to happen if Marvel wants to stay competitive, stay relevant. Because, I mean, we if, if Phase 5 is as hit and miss as Phase 4, then Marvel is going to become the new DC in terms of movie making. Yeah. And right now, Marvel should be a little worried because of the fact that one of their best directors is now helming the distinguished competition studio side. Yeah, I think if anybody can turn that steaming pile around, it's going to be him. And don't get me wrong. Do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying I want any particular franchise to lose. I do not want to see Marvel get ground into the dirt. I do not want to see DC ground into the dirt. But, I mean, to give you an idea of where DC is right now, 
Shazam lost out on opening weekend to Cocaine Bear. Let that sink in. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. I mean, Marvel cannot cannot allow itself to get that bad. No. So, I mean, people could say, well, they're overreacting. Uh, no, they are not. Mm-mm. Especially so. if this was 10, 15 years ago, yes, there's overreaction. Yes. In the society we're in today where you're wanting results now, there's no overreaction at all. No, you don't. Because it is literally a scenario of, um, it's a, it's a scenario of the studios have a projected market. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if the movie. Well, I guess the the best example I could give is what we had happen right before Chapek was let go. Mm-hmm. And that was it was announced record profits for the last quarter he was with the company everywhere. But then they come back and say. Yeah, it was disappointing because, yes, we hit record profits, but we did not hit the numbers we were expecting to hit. Yeah, it's like, like uh, hello, look at everything that played out against us, mm-hmm. even still. Yeah. And we're still hitting record yeah. profits? Come on. Yeah. So, yes, Marvel is still profitable overall, but we've you've got issues, and a lot of the issues were rumored to be centered around visual effects, which is her wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This was this was her domain. This was her watch. Whether the stories of the blacklist are true or not, I don't know. Probably never will. Right. But ultimately, it's, uh, it's her, I don't want to say her butt, but it, you know, it's, it's under her watch. And visual effects has been getting more and more criticism of late because of the quality and several other things. I mean, yes, it, this took me as a surprise and I told these guys over, over messenger and it, it was, well, I know one of y'all was surprised. I, we, I think we both were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we both were. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how much is, is true, there is the perception that it's a mess in that neck of the woods. And so this right here is basically you just, you, you, you're cleaning out the wound. Now you start to heal. Right. And, you know, yes, there are rumors out there. They're all over the place. There's a lot of wild speculation. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep as objective of a, a, a take on it as possible. And I, I can't say based on what I know, that I totally disagree with the move. Right. Well, let me ask this question. Uh, because of this move, uh, we, we know, I mean, in, in a sense, this could be the start of the layoffs if she was fired by Disney Studios. Okay. Which, okay, personally, what does Disney Studios, you know, unless, you know, if she was let go by Disney and by the head of, or one of the co-head, co-chairman of Disney Entertainment, Disney Studios. Mm-hmm. Is this a person that is also above Kevin Feige? Which, no, I can almost answer that question. Just yeah. Well, she she has once, when she was asked what it's like to work for Kevin Feige, uh, she did snap back at the person that asked the question saying, he's not my boss. So, I, I don't know. Right. Now, you would think that technically 
Feige would be the boss, but that Alan Bergman would be above him. That's what I'm checking right now. Yeah. Because I have technology. You have technology. I have technology. Now I'm curious. Okay. If not, did some, did, is this a situation where one line of business potentially overstepped bounds? I can't, okay. I can't say that until. Okay. I'm, I'm doing checking again, and I'm looking at an article from comicbook.com. It says uh, it was not made by Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, but by Disney Entertainment co-chairman Alan Bergman, who Marvel Studios executives report to. So it sounds like. Yes, it sounds that is correct. Feige, re- yeah. Feige reports to, to Alan Bergman. I'm, I'm, so looking, I'm looking at the, yeah. the uh, company so tree what happened, here. Yeah. Basically what happened is that, yeah, Alonzo, yeah, Feige is her boss, but Bergman is his boss. So basically her boss's boss is the one that fired her. Yeah, so he didn't didn't overstep. No. no. So it as for whether or not this is part of layoffs, probably. I mean, if I remember correctly, Disney's looking to cut five and a half billion overall, I think. All all I've been hearing is seven thousand people. Yes. Seven thousand people, but I've also heard that nobody currently working for the parks is going to get fired. Uh, I could be hearing wrong. Salary level? Yes. Okay. Me? Safe. Okay. I, I, I am safe at this point. I'm not going to be affected by, uh, by a layoff. Yeah. I'm just going to be affected by, am I going to lose managers or general managers or executives? Gotcha. That, that affect my line of business. But, but- yeah, frontline people. Uh, the frontline people or the hourly people are not going to be. I go. Got it. So, yeah, I mean that's my take on it. Take it with a grain of salt. It's worth every penny you paid for it. They don't pay for this podcast. Exactly. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay, I see what you did there. Ah, yeah. good deal. So, I mean, yeah, I apparently Feige didn't intervene, and I. I can't see. Uh, I, I can kind of see why. I don't think he could have. Well, he probably could not have. But I don't know. I just with Marvel, really, what I want out of the MCU and really out of comics and any product from Marvel, I want a good story. Right. I well, want a good story that's intelligently written, professionally acted, or drawn, and. And, and done efficiently in terms of post-production. Well, let, and let me, let me pose this question because I, okay. I've, I've heard it pop up or it's, I, I've seen it pop up in different things in the comic book. And I, I think it was Jenna Bush was one of the latest people I've seen bring it up. And, and she's a, she's a big geek on her own and openly admits okay. that she's a big geek and loves all these films, but it still puts out the question at the moment. Are super, are we getting oversaturated with superhero movies? And are we starting I to think, see that now? I think there's some of that at play here. I think there is a certain degree of superhero burnout. And I think Marvel contributed to that with, again, the unsustainable 
amount of content that was being churned out. Now, are we now me personally? I I'm actually thrilled. We have it's been three years since we have gotten a Star Wars film, almost four years in the theaters. I'm okay with that because it'll be refreshing when it comes back. And I would love to see more time between Star Wars movies when they come back. Yeah. Because that's what we're accustomed accustomed to as Star Wars fans. Um, but to see two, three, four Star Wars shows a year on Disney Plus, oh, bring it on, please. Because I'm getting short stories. I'm getting 30, 40 minute short stories once a week or right now, twice okay. a week since two shows are overlapping. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That, that, that helps keep me going, okay, this is my snack before dinner. I can keep yes. my blood sugar up. Cool. But there's also a little bit of a, an apples and oranges thing between Star Wars and Marvel. Right. Because Star Wars is pretty much by itself. Right. But, uh, but I'm, going the, with, I'm going with the comparison of uh, franchises. With the right. Franchise. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say is Star Wars does not have very many other competing franchises. Right. In the, in the space fantasy genre at the moment. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of like Battlestar Galactica or Firefly or Star Trek out there competing for attention. Right. With, with Marvel, you not only have Marvel, you have DC, you have, you know, Amazon prime with stuff like the boys. Yeah. Uh, You have the CW or had the CW. You have, uh, what is it? Invincible. It's also on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Animated, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying this is all superhero stuff. Right. So if it was just Marvel in a vacuum with this, again, I say the unsustainable production schedule, if they were the only one churning this stuff out, then might be different. Right. People might feel a bit more uh, amenable to a steady diet of what has at times been less than typical quality. Right. But you have so many other superhero franchises out there. And so it's creating more of the static that's causing the burnout. If my opinion, if we, if, if the studios were cut back on how many, films they did a year i mean right now marvel's doing three or has been averaging three a year dc have been three to four a year if they cut it back to two a year would that be okay without killing the franchise or killing yeah killing okay killing a marvel fr- you know killing killing the mcu or the dcu well let me let me counter that question with this question are you okay with four mediocre quality shows over a course of the year versus two really good ones. Okay, now we're more saying shows. Are we talking films or I'm talking more, Disney Plus? I'm talking more Disney Plus. Maybe with with an extended season. Uh, see, I'm okay with, with what's happening with Disney Plus. You put a season out. Either either it takes or it doesn't take. And, and we're, we're seeing that with other things 
I loved Willow, but apparently it didn't draw for whatever reason. So it's not being renewed for a second season. I loved the Mighty Ducks Game Changer. It got two seasons. Third, the second season was kind of kind of weak. I'm not surprised it's not getting a third season. I, it, it's so it, it's not ha- it's it's not just Marvel or Star Wars that's being affected by some of these. But you know, on, on Disney Plus, uh, put them out there, get the stories told. If it if it goes. Great. If not, then it was a one and done. It, it, but yeah, movie, I, but, but I think movie wise is where more of the investment is being expected for instant results. Well, yes, but at the same time, I want to know how much of these Disney Plus series is, uh, how much money is going into them, because yes, we know what movie budgets are. Right. They're they're pretty common knowledge. Right. What is less common knowledge is how much, you know, how much each episode of a series is going to be. Like you could have, like, God, what was it? Uh, you know, the Rings of Power was basically a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, two hundred fifty million. I think that was just to get the rights. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're sinking comparable amounts of money into a Disney Plus series, it's just broken down into episode-sized chunks. Right. So that kind of goes back to what I would... If I was only going to get two Disney Plus shows a year out of Marvel, I would be okay with that, providing it was the quality we have come to expect. Right. A quality story quality production, quality visual effects. I mean, you have a certain level standard for Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. Whether it is a movie you go to the theater on opening weekend, because that's apparently the only time you're going to go, or you sit in your house in front of the TV watching something on Disney+. Plus. I mean, there's a certain expectation. I would I would rather see two very well done shows, maybe with a few extra episodes, like instead of like six episodes, go eight. Right. Then I would four that were obviously rushed out and done on the cheap. Right. That's just me. I can see that. Uh but I hate to say this. Any final thoughts? Haven't you had enough of my thoughts this show? This no, episode? No. You? no. Uh, now I'm doing it. Thanks. Oh, spoiler alert. No, no. I, I really okay. don't. I, I really don't. Except that wherever Colin is, I hope he gets back and I hope he brings some sushi with him. Sure. Or if he did go out for smokes, I hope he brings back a couple half rack of ribs for us too. Oh, yes. On that note, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Just time to go dark. reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message.